Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora. Happy Thanksgiving! Yes, we are back in the huddle. Carl Dukes put him up. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lacanfora. You couldn't ask for anything more. Fellas, I got my Tito's hat on here. I'm a friend of Tito's, all right? Yeah, I like it. And, and I'm a fan that- of Tito's too now, Carl. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to send you some. I'll have them send you some, all right? Yeah. It's that time of year we're going to drink. We're going to enjoy football. So, listen, we got a lot to chop up, guys. Week 11 in the books. We're heading to week 12. We got great Thanksgiving Day games. And, guys, we're all here because we want you to enjoy the holiday, but we also want to give you a lot of inside information about what's going on around the league and also as we look ahead past Thanksgiving. So lots to jump into. Baldy, Jason, let's talk about what we saw last night. Mexico City, San Fran, they just put it on Arizona. Now, I know Kyler Murray didn't play, but the bigger thing for me is what is the the sentiment right now with where they're going to go with their coaching staff because I'm hearing things out there. I don't know if you guys are about, you know, hey, we're committed to Kyler Murray, but maybe they're not committed to the coach. I'll start with you, Baldy. What what do you think what's going on there with Arizona after last night's 38 to 10 loss? Well, there, there, there's there's some discord there for sure. It's been going on. But they just extended the general manager, the coach, and the quarterback all together this offseason. There's an awful lot of money on the table, Carl. Like, you know, the Bidwell family doesn't come and doesn't have that kind of coin just to write checks for people to go away. Mm. So, I, you know, there's a financial component to it uh, right now. And, look, I mean, the offensive line is broken. The running game is non-existent. I mean, you can put this on on uh, on Cliff, you know, and, and that happens. He could be the fall guy for this thing, Carl. But there looks to be, like, a whole lot of personnel issues on that football team mm-hmm. as well. What do you think? Yeah, look, I've heard a lot of rumblings um, really going back two weeks now. Had they lost the game to the Rams, especially had Kyler Murray played that game and they lost the game to the Rams, there were some GMs and team presidents in this league who were convinced that the Bidwells were ready to do it. Now, they blew out the Rams with McCoy. Then they go to Mexico City and lay an egg. There's offsets in that deal. There have to be. You know, like Kingsbury goes back to college, makes whatever, four or five million a year there. They can defer some payments. It's just not working. And I'm with Baldy. The bigger issue, the the 40,000 feet issue is they don't have enough players. Like they drafted a lot of dudes who they don't really either know how to use or they they thought they were dudes and they're not dudes. But they were dudes in college, but they ain't going to be dudes up here. Regardless, there's issues, fundamental issues. There's a rot that's taken place over time on that roster. And I don't know if they'll make the GM Steve Kine pay for it or not because he's his. They, he should change his name to Steve Steve Kine Bidwell. He should just you know Kine hyphen Bidwell because he's he's in the family. He's a made man. He's a capo until he's not. Until somebody boom puts one in him. I don't I don't know when that. I mean nothing's forever, 
Um, that's pretty morbid imagery for Thanksgiving. Yes, it uh, was. Yes, it was. But uh, yeah, well, pretend it was a turkey. I guess that's maybe, maybe a little <laughs> less, a little less morbid. But I, I think, I think, um, I think a reckoning is coming there. I, they're like five and twelve in their last seventeen games. They're Baldy. What's their offense? We're, we're now three years into this. What's their offense? I don't know. Just, I mean, they, they, they're, it's just spread it out and try to find the open receiver and throw it to him. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very college-like. I mean, that's Cliff. Uh, you know, the, 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 the sweetener to it is if you can run it with tempo and stop substitute, you know, teams from substituting and doing and getting the matchups you want, there is some of that, but you can't keep putting your defense out there when you just can't, you know, sustain offense. You know, I mean, that, that thing just falls apart. We did that with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia, Jason. Yeah. Fell apart real fast. They they played more defensive snaps than anybody. But, you know, defensively, um, you know, they you know they, they they invested heavily in inside linebackers, which is a bizarre position, you know, with Isaiah Simmons. And, and they kind of figured out his role in Xavier Collins. And I don't know that that has worked. Like, nobody else is really doing that, um, you know, versus going out and drafting elite pass rushers, yeah. which they don't have. And it's a problem. So, you know, it's, it really stresses your corner position, um, you know, when you're trying to defend a team right now. But the offensive line, whether it's signing Rodney Hudson and he thought about retirement, usually when you're thinking about it, maybe you should have done it, you know. And so he's been non-existent, And, you know, it's just a patchwork group. And so, I look, honestly, I thought Colt McCoy actually played pretty well in the first half. Yes, he did. Uh, you know, tip ball interception, you know, that stuff happened yep. in this league. Tip balls get intercepted. But I, I thought the way he played against the Rams and how he started last night, he was probably better than Kyler Murray. Like, at least he, he gets the ball out fast. Now, you know, Kyler could give you some of the juice, you know, to extend the plays and maybe make the, the hero play. But mm-hmm. that's not sustainable over any period of time against good teams. Baldy, and, and I agree with you. I mean, listen, I've described this offense as Kyler Murray, run around, 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 find somebody, and that's the offense. So I don't know what happens, but we're keeping an eye out. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us. And by the way, thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure you get the new episodes on Tuesday and Thursdays. All right, I want to ask you about Christian McCaffrey while we're talking about this game. We'll move on. They're 3-0, and guys, with McCaffrey. And I don't know about you, but like I said, this offense changed when he got there. Baldy, why? What is he doing? What is what is Kyle Shanahan doing with him? Well, I mean, they feature him in so many different ways. Like, for example, the first touchdown catch by Ayuk last night. It's a third down throw. And it, it's really, it, the progression is you run Kittle to the corner. If it's there, you take it. You run McCaffrey out of the backfield on an angle route. And if it's there, you take it. But Zayvon Collins is sitting right in the middle of the field. And now Garoppolo comes over to Ayuk, and he's running this whip route, which takes time. He's taking the, the defender all the way out and whipping back inside to the end zone. And the timing was just perfect. I mean, it's precision. It's like, okay, Kittle, McCaffrey, boom. And so now they've got McCaffrey in the timing part of it here, Carl, all right, in the passing game. The run game, it's always he's always going to be the starter. Eli Mitchell is going to be the finisher in some capacity like that. When they get the lead, they love the power of Mitchell. They don't want to beat McCaffrey up, which is smart, but he's got breakaway speed like we saw a little bit last night. So they, we saw last night for the first time when the Stars come out in San Francisco, Carl, 
Like, this is going to be a very difficult offense to stop. And when Jimmy has options and time, he makes good decisions. And he had all that last night. Now, it's Arizona. There's better opponents. There's better defenses out there that they will see. But they are going to be very difficult to match up with uh, versus anybody. We're just seeing the beginning of it right now. Jason, you trust uh, Garoppolo? You trust him? With all these weapons who can win for him 5 to 15 yards down the field, right? Because he he's not – they're not a downfield passing game. They're just – he doesn't really seem to do it that well anymore. They don't seem to feel like they need to do it all that well anymore. It's like it, it's a yak team, right, which which is fine. I mean, they'll occasionally push it 30 or more yards downfield. But that's that's not really who they are. They want to beat you up in the run game. And they want to have a, a, a you know, a, a tempo, rhythm, intermediate passing game. And this is one more matchup weapon. And you get all those guys out there, positionless players. And it works. It's sort of the opposite of the Arizona thing on defense. Like, the, it, it, it works. They complement each other. Again, I think Garoppolo between five to fifteen yards downfield can be can be dangerous. So they're still inconsistent for me, guys. Like I, I don't always know which version of them is going to show up necessarily from week to week. Well, and sometimes I almost feel the, like the defense. Yeah, but if if you just pitch shutouts in the second half, like they have yeah, three well, games in a row that, yeah, where you're outscoring the opponents fifty three to nothing, I mean, you you almost just have to kind of like they did against the Chargers the week before. Just hang in there, put that one big drive together in the fourth quarter. Right. You know, just execute, take the lead, and then just, you know, uh, just finish it out. And that's what the defense can do. Let's shift gears, guys. Talk about the Eagles. All these wins are not going to be pretty. This one was not pretty, but the Eagles find a way to beat the Colts. But let's give Jeff Saturday some credit. Baldy, I said this with you last week. I'm like, maybe we're all wrong about this. These guys are competing, okay? Colts are competing. Colts had a lead in this game. Colts probably should have won the game, but the Eagles find a way to get it done. What did you make of this matchup couple, uh, couple over things. the weekend? A couple things. I was with guys from the Eagles yesterday, so they, they've got friends on, on the other side, you know, the Colts. And so they were just telling me about what Saturday did. Maybe you can confirm this, Jason. But, you know, what he did was he pulled every single player on that team one-on-one in a meeting. And, you know, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. This is why I want to be here. This is what I need from you. Like he he built an instant one-on-one relationship with the players, which is really smart, you know? And so uh, I think that's the start of it. Uh, Jalen Hurts put the Eagles on his back in this game, like literally carried this team. They ran the same freaking play, Carl, five <laughs> times, including the game winner, and the Colts couldn't stop it. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, he's – look, he throws it – you know, A.J. Brown's got a little foot problem. It's kind of bothering him. He hits a touchdown throw. To Quez Watkins, a perfect throw. The line is really good. They're playing without Dallas Goddard. A little adjustment right there. Cobble that position together, which isn't easy to do. But, you know, the big thing was they're going up against Jonathan Taylor, and the run defense was really leaky, especially against Washington on Monday night. They go and they sign Linville Joseph on Wednesday and, and Dominican Sue on Thursday, and they both play a lot, and they play great. Linville Joseph is a natural nose tackle. He can sit in that frog stance on top of a center and just control the middle. Now, maybe it's just fresh legs. Maybe, you know, the age is going to catch up to him as the season goes on. That will happen. But Indomitian, too, is going to be in shape when he's 50. Like, the guy just takes care of himself. So, he was – both those guys played a lot. And they're basically caretakers until Jordan Davis can get back. Yeah, right. And so, give Howie credit. He just keeps plugging these holes and, 
you know, finding ways. The guys are on the street. Anybody could have taken them. There's a lot of leaky run defenses in this business right now. They're all out there. And he signed not just one, but both. And I don't think they would have won that game without him. Does this mean well, Jordan Davis, by the way, is going to be out a little bit longer, Jace? Do you think he's out longer? Or is this is just, hey, in the meantime, if it's two weeks, it's two weeks. Baldy said it. Howie Roseman's incredibly proactive. And it's not just that he got him. It's that the Cowboys didn't. I mean, mm. uh, so Jordan Davis is, whether it's two more weeks, four more weeks, whatever, he wants the one seed. He wants to give everybody that week off. And there were two guys on the street. Um, who stood out above anybody else on any team's emergency list if you're looking for run stuffers. And he got them both. And he got both at the same price. Yeah. So I, I just think it's good handiwork and craftsmanship uh, on his part. And look, if you're an Eagles fan, there were a lot of ways you could have lost that football game. And the bottom line is they won it. And the Colts thing for me is fascinating, though, guys, because, like, are we going to grade Jeff Saturday on a different curve? than everybody else. It's clear that Ursay wants this to work, right? Like, yeah. Ursay wants to rub it in everybody's face. But, like, are we sure Jeff Saturday wants to put in 18-hour days and, you know, leading up to the draft? Like, are we like, are we sure? Like, are we sure he wants to put in 14-hour days at OTAs? Are we sure he wants to put in 20-hour days at minicamp? <laughs> like, I, you know I, what I mean? Like, this no, is no, the no, fun no, part. Those questions like, are all – all those questions are valid, Jason. Right? Like, it's fun right now. It's a magic carpet ride. Boss man loves me. We're giving the middle finger to the league. And everything's coming on your desk. Everything's coming across your desk, especially now that the GM's been neutered. And everybody knows the GM is just now a puppet and extension to the owner. So you got to do it. Okay. It's a a great point. It it really is. Listen, only time will tell, right, Baldy? I mean, if he has – and again, what's the number? I mean, what 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 is what is Ursay said to him? Here's what we need to accomplish realistically, and, and we can move forward. Well, I don't know what the catch, hell that is. I mean, you know, nobody's catching Tennessee in that division. No, like they're running away with this. Thing. No, they're, they're gonna they're gonna have this thing won. You know, by Christmas they're gonna have this thing like wrapped up, maybe earlier. So nobody's catching them. So then you're really on the outside looking in. And so I don't know if you, if you can get to 500. You're like, is that enough to keep them around? You know, I mean, he obviously has. Oh, the I think he's keeping. I mean, I, I I think he's keeping. You think Saturday's the coach next season? As long as they're remotely competitive in these games, I think that's. But I just Let, wonder about like who on that staff wants to stay, who wants to go. You know what I mean? Like the hiring process to refill. Well, I mean, Jason. Like, look, look, we we kind of have an idea where you know uh, Sean might go when he leaves Fox after this year. All right, you know, uh-huh. he's kind of probably the quarterback, right? Sean Payton, I'm talking about. But if, if there is an opening in Indy, the first thing they're going to ask you about is what are we doing at quarterback? Right. Like, is this is this carousel just going to continue? We're going to keep this, we're going to go do it like Buffalo did. We're going to do it the right way. And who's the GM that's going to lead that? I mean, there's so many questions that if I was a coach and I was looking at a potential job, like you want to be Matt Rule? and go through a quarterback carousel and have no chance of building a team, no matter how well you draft, like nobody's going to win. Jimmy Johnson, like none of these guys are going to win until you get that position figured out. Guys, I want to mention this as far as the Eagles, and then we'll move on. It's Carl Dukes along with Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockonfort. It's in the huddle, guys. We do this every Tuesday, Thursday. We put new episodes out. This is our Thanksgiving version. We're all here celebrating and having a good time. 
uh, Christmas Eve, Cowboys, Eagles, huge game. Mm. And I'm just, we're going to, we're going to put that aside. You just talked about Jason signing those guys, wanting the one seed, Baldy. Christmas Eve, uh, December 24th at the Cowboys, Eagles, huge game. So we'll, we'll get to that, but that's the one that everybody's going to be looking to. Guys, what the hell happened with the Patriots and Jets? And why didn't Robert Sala kick the ball at an angle or out of bounds? Yeah. And just You kick it to a returner and give him a chance to return it, and he does. You lose in the most oh, it's excruciating way. But the bigger story right now is Zach Wilson. So, Jason, what's the deal? Because Robert Sala came out yesterday and said, I'm not committing to any quarterback at this point heading into this weekend. Did he just lose his job? Well, he can't go back to that kid. He can't go back to that kid for any extended period of time. And, and I really think now that he's sort of opened the door verbally, he's got to kick it closed and go to Mike White or Joe Flacco. He's got to sit down with his leadership council or whatever they call their sort of – and say, all right, guys, I, I get it. I feel you. I'm not going to keep hanging my defense out to to dry every week. We got to, we got to find a different way to move the ball. And if this kid um, – is it going to be – productive and he's not going to be a leader and he's not going to be accountable then he's got to he's got to watch somebody else do it and maybe maybe he picks some of that up along the way holding a clipboard and maybe he does it but we got I, I mean for me I would just go to Flacco I mean I, I think early in the year you saw Flacco putting up 300 yard games and that's before Baldy Garrett Wilson really got fully integrated mm -hmm. in this thing um you know Flacco will check him in and out of things like like they just no. need a caretaker at quarterback Nation. just let the defense be the star when I watched the game, I felt horrible for Quinn and Williams. I felt horrible for everybody on that team that just balled out and just have been doing it, Sauce Gardner. But you're watching, like, you can't play the game scared. And that's exactly what Zach Wilson did, Carl. Like, there's, I, I, I could have easily put six, six throws that you have to make. Any quarterback would make. The throw is there. Jason McCourty's floating around. Right. Kyle Duggar's floating around. I'll just, I'll just pull it. You got to make the throw, and you can see the frustration in the receivers' faces. That's, that's the hard part. Is Garrett Wilson's like the body language? Is like you got to throw it. Here's the, here's your Tyler Conklin going down the seam. There's the throw. They can put it in the back shoulder and throw it. You can't play scared. And by being scared, he didn't make a play. He didn't make a play all day. And then when he did have a chance to make some throws, he was just horrible like that that was a that was like I don't like to just rip young players but that was a terrible performance and I'm almost surprised that they didn't pull him during the game where the, the Patriots are moving the ball but they're missing field goals and getting stopped on fourth down in a game that's 3-3 I was surprised that they stayed with him because it was clear he wasn't going to pull the trigger when he had to here's the thing Baldy and guys my issue with Zach Wilson is accountability so the kid is nine for 22 nine for 22 guys they had more punts in this game than completions okay yeah. 77 yards and then after the game when asked uh did you let the defense down with what you did zach wilson says no you're a freaking starting quarterback in the nfl son take responsibility everybody in that locker room is looking at you and you got to say i didn't play well yeah. I didn't do my job that's today. That's as far. And, that's, that's all you say, Carl. And, and like, he didn't I was do it. Today. You're exactly right. And, and that 
to me yeah. is the bigger problem. The reason I don't believe Robert Sala can roll him back out there is because you weren't willing to take responsibility for the lack of what you did and how that affected the yeah. football team. You're so on, Carl. forget about the That's stats. After the game, you've got to say, dude, it's on me. And he yep. didn't do that. And I think there are guys in that locker room, Baldy, you mentioned a few. I saw a couple of those interviews, uh, Jason, after the game. Guys are like, blank this dude, man, because they know what the deal is. And now the Jets, who have a winning record, they got some decisions to make, fellas. Oh, they, yeah. they had first place in the, in the AFC East with just a touchdown. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, Patriots beat the Jets. It was an incredible game. That punt return, one for the ages. I, again, there were so many questions, but now we'll see what happens this weekend. And guys will be talking about it next week. Uh, we'll hopefully have some inside information there as to what's going to happen. Maybe they stay the course. And I got, I'm with you, Jason. Flacco, I know he's old, but damn, he was getting the job done and he's not scared, Baldy, to make those throws you're talking about. Well, and, and look, it's not a marathon anymore, right? It's becoming more of a sprint. Like we're getting, we're, we're, we're getting into the final third of the season. And there's Mike F and White there too. I mean, the Flacco, okay, how adorable is Flacco? Can he get you through six weeks plus the playoffs? I don't know, but then. But, Jason, I, yeah. I went in my head when I'm watching this game and I'm just watching this disaster at quarterback for the Jets. I'm saying, okay, how many quarterbacks will win this game? Gardner Minshew oh, wins the game. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just was going through backup quarterbacks around the league that are going in to win that game. So, like, the hell with the second pick in the draft and build your future around this guy. Like, let's let's just put somebody in there that can win the game for us. Yeah. Fellas, um, the Cowboys steamrolled the Vikings. I thought it was their best performance of the season. I don't know why she – And I'll be quite honest with you. This game, Baldy, made me a believer that this can be a Super Bowl team. I've kind of thought that. Yeah. As I've watched this defense and Parsons and and knowing DQ, Dan Quinn, the, the defensive coordinator, and how he operates and what he's trying to do. But you go on the road and you steamroll the Vikings 40-3 to in the fashion they did, and Dak played well. Pollard played well. Zeke played well. Am I overreaching here, or does this team really have the potential to be in the Super Bowl this season? Well, no, they, that, that, was, that was a great performance. That was, that was a great performance, especially in light of – the fourth quarter collapsed the week before in yeah. Green Bay. So to bounce back like that, you know, and to play that well on the road in a tough place to play. I mean, it's tough to hear and all that stuff. And just blow them out. Like, you just don't see blowouts like that in the league. And, you know, I mean, everybody can just stop, I mean, probably believing in the Vikings, period. Okay? Because once they see a, a difficult opponent, like they just fold, like they did on Monday night against the Eagles. But you know they'll they'll still be there playoff time. But no, the Cowboys that it's everybody wants. Okay, Tony Pollard's running back number one. Okay, like we we get that he's a he's a very very good player. But they need Zeke. Like he's he's got a lot of heart. Zeke is a great teammate. He he loves the game. It shows the way that he plays. He's not what he was in 2016. Not many running backs are. But he's a big part of that team. Protection, like just heart. He loves it. Practice, like you want him out there, and he helped. He's they're they're not the same team when he's on the sideline. He's injured and he's not suited up. He's they're just not the same team. Jer- Jerry said as much, right? <laughs> it's all oh, no, about nobody. Zeke. Like no nobody's a bigger <laughs> fan of Zeke in that organization than Jerry Jones. I do wonder about the run defense though, Baldy. Right? Like I thought it was going to be a big Dalvin Cook day. He he was getting off early, and then. 
Yeah. By five well, minutes it's a matchup thing, quarter, it's, it's, right? It's a matchup it's thing. It snowballed, and now the, now Dalvin Cook's out. They're not running the ball at all. Like, no, a team that can run it for four quarters against them, I think that's where mm. the rubber hits the road. No, I, I I agree. I agree with that. I, I agree that they, a team that really can control it on the ground will give them a problem like the 49ers. If they would see them again in the playoffs, it could give that team a lot of problems. But if you play their game where that defense is out there with the lead and you got to throw it, oh. good luck. Good luck with Sam Williams and Micah and, you know, Tank. And, I mean, that group can chase the quarterback as well as anybody in this whole in this whole league, probably better than anybody in this league. All right, guys, you know I've wavered all season long about purple eight, right? Gold chains. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I see this game and I go, I was right all along. I don't think he can get it done in a big game. And then two weeks ago against the Bills, I'm like, well, maybe he can. What the hell should I be thinking about Purple Weight and Kirk Cousins? Well, Thursday night, right? I mean, we'll, we'll, 48 hours from now, we'll have a little more info. This is, we'll all be stuffed and bloated with turkey. <laughs> Carl will have a few Tito's in him. I ain't mad at Tito over here either. Yes, sir. You you know, you you can come to uh, to upstate New York where we'll be for Thanksgiving, (laughs) and you can hang out with us. Um, Matt Judon getting off, Patriots defense. We talk about who they play, and it's not murderer's row, but they've given up 70 points the last six weeks. So Mm. they're doing something right. It's a primetime spot for Kirk Cousins coming off a spot where they got their nose rubbed in their own you-know-what. Yeah. Um, So we'll see, right? Maybe he – Buck some trends, or maybe those who think Kirk Cousins is a compiler more than a big game winner, maybe they'll have more anecdotal, you know, well, evidence if, to that if, effect. If Minnesota, if Minnesota can't march their left tackle Christian Darisol out there, and they do what they did the other day, I imagine Judon is going to be beating everybody to that right end spot to get after yeah. Kirk Cousins. Uh, that was a real weakness that got exposed. Not that Darisol is the best left tackle or anything, but it was a big drop-off. And um, and so I would imagine Judon, who's having the greatest – it's funny to watch the Patriots play because they – I told this to the Jets, and I, I tell them to the Jets every time that they play them. I go, they're going to run the, set, the exact same stunts they've been running at you for 20 years. They're going to run these twist stunts and long loops, and it's the same stunts, and they still are so damn effective. <laughs> Unreal. You know it's coming. You practiced it all week. And Judon is still getting home. He's still hitting the quarterback. It's unreal what they're able to still do with just a four-man rush and how they affect the quarterback. Matt Judon, by the way, uh, one of the sack leaders in the NFL. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, put him up. This is in the huddle, guys, as we talk about what's going on around the NFL. So much happening as we get closer and closer to the end of the season. And, and Jason mentioned it. You know, we're, we're, this is now a race. Let's talk about some of these games, guys, that are coming up. Um, specifically on Thanksgiving, because I think we got a really good slot uh, slate of games. Um, mm-hmm. The Bills, Baldy, they've been in Detroit, right, for the game last week. They stayed there. They're practicing. And then they'll play the Lions on Thanksgiving. How beneficial is that? Now, you've kind of gotten a rhythm. You're in a place where, you you know, you played there last week. Does that matter at all? You know, I, I don't know. I've been around this team a lot the last couple of years. This team is very close. They're, they're like a real – they're almost like a college team. It's like a fraternity. Even Von Miller and some of the older guys, mm. they love the atmosphere. I can see this thing – feel. I can see these guys playing dominoes at night in the hotel. Like I, I can see yeah. this group 
like really bonding during this period. Not, not that that's going to make a difference in the game. But, but what was interesting to me last week, after Josh Allen had just thrown all these interceptions three weeks in a row, turning it over, they went to the running game, and they pounded it last week. Like, they ran it real the best they've run it all year with, with Motor and James White, and they were really good at it. And it's interesting to see what they'll do to Detroit because Detroit is playing great football right now. And they're young players, whether it's Kirby Joseph, Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez, I mean, pick a young guy. Like, they're all playing well for Detroit. But the key to this whole team of Detroit is their offensive line. Like, they're really good. Hmm. You know, like, they're really solid. They're well coached. They do – that offense coordinator, Ben Johnson, is like – he's like Mike McDaniel, what he does with the motions and how he fits everything. And they believe right now that's – a, that's a team that really believes they'll get a good crowd in that place. Yeah. Like, Buffalo's going to get Detroit's best shot. It's it's going to have a for, – for Detroit at this point of the year and what they've gone through with the three-game win streak they have, Carl. This is going to feel like playoff football, first time in a long, long time. Yeah, and and Jason, I want to ask you, you know, in regards to the job that, uh, you know, the Buffalo coaching staff has done there. Listen, you're on top of the world. You start the season the way they did, right? And everybody's going Buffalo, Buffalo, Bills Mafia, and then you go through some adversity. And this is where the coaching staff steps in, right? And you got to right the ship. And, and I think they're wow. doing a really good job of that. It's interesting. I'm, I'm actually working on something on sort of this lull that Josh Allen and the Bills offense is in for the Washington Post. Talk to some people, um, you know, evaluators, executives. Maybe this is knee jerk. Maybe it's more opinion than fact. The kid misses. The kid misses Dable. He misses Dable. Like Dable was the sensei. Dable could manage him not just on Sunday, but through the week. Dable could put guardrails on there and second half adjustments. Big reason why are the Giants better than their record? Well, go look at what they've done in the second half of a lot of these games. So I'm like, well, let me go look at the Bills' second half scoring. Last year, number one in the NFL in second half scoring. This year, 16th. Since week six, since week six, 26 total second half points, 29th in the NFL. So I'm thinking. But a lot of those turnovers, Jason, a lot of those turnovers have come in the second half. Yes. Yeah, no, second half and overtime part, and in the red part zone. Of it. Right? So, so, and this is no by no means an indictment of Ken Dorsey. Like, I think Ken mm-hmm. Dorsey is doing a good job. Um, but the last month of the season, Josh Allen's like the 30th ranked quarterback in the NFL. Like, that's a fact. The well, that's why month, we went to the running game. The only person go. with the, the last month, the only quarterback in the NFL with more interceptions <laughs> than Josh Allen is Davis Mills, who should have been who should have been benched weeks ago. So yeah. well, it's interesting, though, the Bills ran for 200 there. yards like, on Sunday. They ran for 200 yeah. yards, and it wasn't like Josh Allen. Josh Allen ran for seven. The backs ran the ball, and that's Ken Dorsey. He's like, we're going we're gonna to take this out of Josh like, right now. We're not going to let you do this, and we're going to let you hand off and do that for a while, and, and we're going to build – I think they're going to try to build him back up, you know, to what he's not seeing Patrick – you know, so he does see Patrick Peterson – coming in bounds in the end zone yeah. and yeah. take that ball away. And that was smart. It was, it was, but I think it also, you know, I remember last year the Rams went a month without winning a game. They lost three in a row and then they had the bye week. So they went a full month without winning. And Matt Stafford went through the same thing. If you remember mm-hmm. last year and everybody was like grilling McVay about, you know, what, how are you going to change this? How are you going to fix this up? And they, 
fought through it. And I feel like last week was the first step for Buffalo to fight mm -hmm. through this, to where I think they can get back to where we think they are or should be. But I think this to kind of taking it easy with Josh here and staying with the run game and really finding creative ways to run it the way they did last week, uh, I think that's the right approach right now. Guys, I want to ask you about the Cowboys-Giants game. We kind of hit on New England-Minnesota, Purple 8, and, and what that's going to do with, with Judon taking on that pass rush. Buffalo-Detroit, I, I think we get a good game at noon. You know, it's been a long time mm -hmm. since we had one on Thanksgiving at noon. Yeah, Baldy, I totally agree. It'll be packed. There's some excitement there about what's going on with the Lions. What about the Giants going to Big D this weekend? You know, look, they, they have a formula. I mean, if Saquon Barkley gets shut down like he did last week, like, they're not going to go anywhere. They just lost Wandale Robinson. He was just kind of – they was just finding himself. Like, he was just – got yeah. his role, and he looked like the kid coming out of Kentucky last year, and he was really, really helping him in the passing game. Their, their passing game is just so non-existent right now that they got to find a way to, to get Saquon going. They couldn't do it last week. And if he can't get going, like, they're really going to struggle, really struggle, and this might get away from him. Because if you fall behind and Daniel Jones has to throw it to, you know, Kenny Gall, I mean, just stiffs out there. Um, like maybe Slayton can get behind the Cowboys defense once, but the passing game is just so – it's so elementary right now that defensively they got pushed around really good by Detroit. Like Detroit did a good job on them. And maybe the Cowboys could do the same thing. And if they do, this might get away from – this might get away from the Giants pretty fast. Jason, are you a believer in Daniel Jones and what you've seen this season? I mean, listen, they got to make a decision on him, right? They got to they got to realize whether he's going to be there and they're going to pay him or he's not. I I believe that in the right hands he can manage games and and help you not lose games more often than not. Um, the turnovers have been few and far between this year, um, and he's in he's in the right hands. At what point do they think they need to do better? You know, like I, I don't know, like. Brian Dable is a pretty pragmatic, measured guy. And Joe Shane, the GM, is like he, he's not going to BS into looking at that record and, and expediting where he thinks the roster really is or changing expectations, right? Like they came in there with a plan and they're gonna they're gonna stick to it. Is Mac good enough for next year for where they think they're gonna be? Has he earned a longer runway? It's possible because they've they've went they're winning more they've already won more games than they thought they were gonna so like they're not gonna be picking in the top ten and the more I the more we get to Thanksgiving and the more people I talk to who watch these quarterbacks I'm not hearing people tell me this is a generational quarterback class anymore there's no like, Joe I'm Burrow not like in the draft no like they're like it's not that there's not a Herbert there's not a Burrow there's not a Mahomes there's not a guy who comes in and immediately changes your fortunes it's not happening so. You know, and who's going to be out there, like, who's better? And the bottom line is everything they're doing with Daniel Jones is going to resonate throughout the league, too. So, like, have they already turned him into a tradable commodity? Yeah. Yeah. And and is he even more of a tradable commodity at next year's deadline, if that's the time, or next year's offseason? So I, I think he could, he's done enough to remain in their short-term plans. Do they know in the back of their heads that they're going to have to upgrade off of Daniel Jones to, to win a Super Bowl in all likelihood? I, I think they realize that. I feel like it's 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 just it's it's such an incomplete 
yeah. on Daniel Jones because they have no receivers. Like they just don't have anybody, you know. And so, like, what do you want Daniel Jones to do? Yeah. Like, you, you know, when Daniel Bellinger was healthy, he threw just the, go turn it over. Right yeah, you know, like Wandale Robinson was, you know, getting open in the flat. He, he threw it to him, but like, there's you can't really run an NFL passing tree or or combination routes yeah. with what they have. Like, it's just so you can't really evaluate them the way you would evaluate Dak Prescott, or you're you you know you're evaluating. Kirk, pick a quarterback, Mac Jones. Like they don't, they don't have enough to work with to really. Can he do this? Because they, 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 if they try to do that, they would be unsuccessful. Baldy and, uh, and, and, and the state of quarterbacking ahead, around the league too, right? Like we're at a point where the the the, the league average quarterback rating is like ten points lower than it was a year ago, right? And we've got these old guys hitting the wall, and we're looking at the twenty twenty one draft class saying. How many of them look like they're anything? Yeah. Like even Trevor right. Lawrence. Like how many of them are you saying that's definitely a dude in this league, right? And so like how how many quarterbacks are better than Daniel Jones? Like I, I don't I don't know. It might not. It might be. <coughs> excuse me. It might be ten. It might be twelve. I, I I don't know. But like, what's the road to? You know what I mean? Like, no. how are we upgrading off of this? At the Baldy's point, we probably need to get a longer look at this with a better roster around it. But you know, it's interesting. I, I was doing the Giants Houston game a couple couple Sundays ago. And the Giants did this during the game. They they would hurry up after the play to the line of scrimmage, like they were going, you know, no huddle, which they did. And then Kafka was talking to Daniel Jones and basically not allowing Houston to substitute. They got a lot of young players out there. They're kind of like in the wrong place at the wrong time a lot. At least that's kind of what Lovey was hitting at me about. But you know, you know, they're, they're going to be all right, Baldy. But they're still rookies, you know that yeah. kind of comment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, anyways, so but the 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 idea though is that Daniel Jones get to the line, and a guy that can process, like Daniel yeah. Jones, is smart. He can he process. Is. You can run an offense, no huddle. Have your offense coordinator feeding you some stuff. Get guys lined up. You know, get the defense where they set. Now let's go run and play, and. I, I, I don't know these kids coming out of college yet. I haven't really studied them. But if you gave that to most of these kids, they could do probably it. struggle right now. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't do okay, it. Okay, get the line. Like, we'll, we'll, give, like, we'll give you the formation, and then we'll, we'll give you the play, and then you choose if it's run pass, if it's to the weak side, to the strong side. You, that's on you, Daniel. Like, so he's, he's involved in the play calling, like every play. And that's a good way to do it. You know, McVay did that with – Jared Goff, like, you know, guys do that, but not everybody can handle that. While we're talking about this, because we got to go, guys, uh, we got a lot more to talk about as we continue on. We're counting down, going into week 12. But to your point about Trevor Lawrence, Jason, I said this the other day, just real quick, want to get your take. I feel like for Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, this is their rookie year. Trevor Lawrence yeah. dealt with Urban Meyer. That was crap in, in Jacksonville. And then the Bears went yep. through a regime change and threw him to the fire. Both of these guys, it's almost like their rookie year didn't exist, and this is their rookie season. So mm -hmm. I'm looking at those two guys a little differently, even though we're evaluating that that draft class and saying who's going to be really good. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, yeah. You know, Matt Nagy threw Justin Fields to the Wolves in Cleveland last year in his first start. Miles Garrett and, you know, Genevieve Cloudy, they just teed off on him. They sacked him 10 yeah. times. Um, it was really unfair. It, it, it was dead man walking as a coach. And uh, and just like it was at Jacksonville, but I, I personally I love the development of Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I hear from people yes. in Chicago. Well, he threw for 150 yards and he threw an interception in the final two minutes. Well, 
I don't know. Montgomery had the ball in his hands. He, you know, it went through the hands on the interception. Um, I like the development. He, he threw the mm-hmm. ball 21 times. All right, 150 yards. Okay. Like, you know, it's not Mahomes throwing a 40, you know, times, and he's got Travis Kelsey out there. Like, just I just think like just slow down. Let the kid develop. Like he's he's mentally and physically very tough. And he's talented, man. Like he's going to be the best quarterback in that class. Mm, I don't absolutely. have any question about it. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I, well, I have major reservations about that. Remember, five went in the first 15 picks. I know. Five went in the first 15 picks. We're going to look back. And we're on sitting here season. talking about the one. We're talking about the one that everybody wanted to kick to the curb before he even got in the league saying that's the most clay to mold. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Guys, great job as always. Want to thank you guys again. Listen, I want to mention this. Bengals at Titans. We'll talk about it next week. It's a big game in the AFC. Falcons at Washington. Washington sits a game in front of the Falcons. Whether you think either one of those teams are contenders or playoff contenders, it's a big game. So we'll talk about those as we get to next week. Want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Subscribe, like us, and thank you guys. We're growing and we're making this thing uh, as big as possible with the help of you guys. So thank you for listening. Hey, Baldy, happy Thanksgiving. Jason. Happy Thanksgiving, Carl. Enjoy. Hey, man, enjoy the games, guys. Tito. Yes, Tito. We're back with you guys next week, guys. Take care, everybody. See you guys.